Welcome back to Season 2, Episode, episode two, 2 of Youthful Take. I'm Sam Greenberg. I'm Jack Salford. Um, quick news today. Very quick news today. We're just going to discuss what's happening in the House of Representatives. We don't have a speaker. Jim Jordan continues to run. He dropped out now, but he ran. He didn't have the votes. Um, he's from, from Ohio. He's from Ohio. Way, you which, would know that if you listen to Episode yeah. 1. Um, our, uh, he didn't get the votes. Um, about 20 Republicans... He just keeps losing. It's refused like, to vote for him. It's a stalemate. Like, it's kind of still like he end eventually pulled out because he did not have the support. Hakeem Jeffries, okay, I, I was about to the talk, Democrat. Yeah. I yeah. like him. I like that guy. Hakeem. Like he was. He getting, can rally his boys behind him. It seems the Democrats are united behind Hakeem Jeffries, and the Republicans don't have a leader. Yeah. I Donald know. Trump endorsed Jim Jordan for the speakership, and Jim Jordan does not have the support, and that you is a sign for just Republicans in general going into the twenty twenty four election. I don't yeah, think uh, Trump has the full support of Republicans based on what happened in the, in the, in the House of Representatives yep. with Jim Jordan. Yep, yep. Um, that's a youthful take right there. So like now it. I'm really unsure well, who's going to be the next Speaker of the House. There isn't. Is there a Republican nominee as of right now, Jake? Uh, I don't know. Like McHenry? I don't know. Oh, it might be Mc, Patrick McHenry. Um, but I don't. But I don't like, know if they're rallying behind him. You get some either. moderate Republicans to flip, right? I, I, and Hakeem, no. Hakeem would just have a, to would have to make a deal yes. where he would give them like. High positions in in caucuses and yeah, that's but it. the thing if the Republicans nominated a moderate, then the um the caucus the Republican caucus the Freedom Caucus people will not vote for them, so they would have to get Democratic Democrat support, and so they would have I to see. make a deal with Jeffries to get some moderate like Democrats like to vote to vote for the moderate Republican because there's going to be twenty or so Republicans that don't vote for a moderate Republican, and there are going to be twenty or so. Republicans that don't vote for an ext- for you, extreme conservative Republican. So Republicans are really split right now. You know who would be a good bipartisan speaker? Congressman Dean Phillips. <laughs> All right. For Speaker of the House, for President, for everything. I endorse him. Um, um, <laughs> that's about it for yeah, the Yeah, we just, today, a right? bit of a discussion. We, we, there isn't if, much. If you want to hear about the. Outside of the Israel Hamas conflict, yeah. there isn't much news going on other than the Speaker of the House. Um, yeah, if you so want to yeah. hear about what. Our, our takes on the Israel-Hamas thing. Uh, listen to the inaugural yeah. episode of season two. But overall, but point of today's news is chaos in the House of Chaos ensues. Jim Jordan was not able to win the speakership. Yep. Hakeem Jeffrey seems to have united the Democrats. Republicans are split. Yep. And this yep. all looms large for 2024. Yep. That concludes and the news. And Trump's popularity is dropping. Yeah. And is, I don't know. In my opinion. In, all right. Yeah. We um, will see you in, in our, in our interview. interview. We have an exciting interview today. See you. Thank you. back with season two episode two of a youthful take i'm sam greenberg i'm jack salford and we are here with katie grossbart thank right. you for coming on the podcast thanks for having me so quick introduction um katie is an attorney also runs a political and social inst- a political and social instagram account with over 120,000 followers she's also a founding member of i am a voter a nonpartisan organization dedicated to promoting political engagement her Instagram account uh, is at Katie Grossbard, and her account consists of informative posts regarding current events, news, and politics. Thank you for being here, and let's begin. First off, uh, where did your interest in politics come from? Oh man, I think um, originally I would give credit to my dad. I think my dad really made sure that we were aware of uh, what was going on in the world, and he was always so interested in politics that it just kind of seeped into our our childhood and our, our um 
just kind of education on the whole. And then I think I wasn't really personally interested until I started realizing that I didn't know enough. Um, I wasn't, I didn't realize how important civics education was until I realized I was so angry about certain things going on in the world and I didn't know how to fix it or what to do about it or how the systems worked. And so um, that kind of hit me in my early 20s and I decided to go to law school uh, just to gain that education and understand how these systems work. Wow. Um, so <clears throat> you also are part of I Am A Voter. Could you just tell us about what that is, where its goals, what is, you know, what is that as a whole? Sure. So uh, I'm a Voter is a nonpartisan organization that's focused on basically making voting cool. Okay. So one of the things that we realized after, I guess, the 2016 election was that voting had a PR problem. Um, we needed to make sure that people were turning out, that people were committed to kind of the long game of politics, that people wanted to use their voice and saw it as something that was beneficial to them and that they wanted to be a part of, of movements and understood that acting in that way um, by voting was a really important part of being committed to democracy and to that process. So we started in 2018 and have just kind of been going with that same message ever since, um, really trying to focus on everyone just understanding how important it is to commit to voting in every election, whether it's local or state or uh, national, and really understanding that that is not a one-day commitment, but really a commitment for 365 days a year, every year. Mm -hmm. um, in 2020, what did you guys do for that? Like, uh, during COVID, obviously, it's hard to do like voter drives and stuff. Yeah, do we do a lot of um, social media activations. We do a lot of posting about um, different states and their rules and absentee ballots were, were okay. a huge push during 2020. So we were doing a lot about making sure people understood their deadlines and when they needed to get those ballots in. And then also just kind of using entertainment and fashion and humor to engage people, um, knowing that sometimes voting and that information can be a little dry. So we try to make it a little more engaging and exciting for people. That's cool. Yeah, that's right. Um, so moving to more political, I mean, sorry, political, but for your, your opinions, yeah. uh, what are the most pressing political slash social issues today for you? Oh, boy. How much time do we have? Um, how much you want. Infinite time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got time. I feel like, I feel like A, the, the most pressing issues are, are different on who you're talking to. I mean, the mm -hmm. people are going to have different answers to that question based on what is personal to them. Um, I think for me, I would have to say reproductive rights mm -hmm. right now. It's just too, yeah. um, it's just too important to me to not have that kind of be the first thing that I would think of. I also just think democracy as a whole um, would be the next one that I would say, which is having people yeah. like really understand that this isn't something to mess with and um, and something that we really should be committed to to making sure you know that it sustains that it stands the test of time. I think that the the issue with a lot of that right now is that it goes back to education for me, which is that we just have a lot of people. Myself included, it took me teaching myself a lot of this in order to fully understand how, you know, how Congress works or what these different rules on a ballot, what they do day to day and how the issues that I care about are impacted by those elected officials. And I think unless we start connecting all of those dots for people, um, it's really easy for people to check out. And so I would think that one of the biggest issues facing 
young people today is do you do you want to engage in that way and are you willing to have to teach yourself or mm -hmm. find those resources um, and I wish that we did <coughs> civics education in, in all yeah. schools but unfortunately it's not something that that's mandatory anymore yeah I like that point because it kind of goes back to why I'm a voter is so important right because with the democracy you have to be like to, to have a good democracy you have to be an engaged citizen as you said like 365 days a year right and so that's why having engaging voters and everyone voting is so important because that keeps our democracy yeah and I think the the way the news cycle works now is so fast and the way that that media is consumed is so fast that people expect the same for um, for solutions to problems that they want solved, right? So mm -hmm. people want it to be this immediacy and they want people to immediately see the mm -hmm. impact of something. And I think we need to start really understanding that we have to be patient for some of this stuff. You have to be willing to see it through for a decade in order to see mm -hmm. some of the results. And yeah. while I wish it wasn't that way, it's also, it's important that we learn patience again. Yeah, yeah I think, and one of our earlier episodes, Mr. Sinclair, someone we interviewed, talked about that a lot, and how especially if young people aren't involved in democracy, then all the, all the legislation and every politician that's in office are going to cater to the older generation, and then nothing that could benefit us 20, 30 years down the line will get passed for forever, and we'll just delay progress. Yeah, if there's not, especially young participation. I yeah, think. the politicians are going to listen to the people that are the most active mm -hmm. and vocal and, and turn out. The, at the end of the day, a lot of politicians are looking at the next election cycle and if they are going to get reelected. And I think while some people get very, like, defeated by that sentiment, I also think it's actually really useful if you know that they are relying on you and you are the one that elected them to office and you're going to be there and check that they are doing what they promised that they would do. There's that sort of relationship between the voter and the elected official and I think that's extremely important. If an mm -hmm. elected official doesn't care about you because they're like, you didn't even come out to vote, you don't care about anything, yep. then your issues are not going to be top of mind. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> Sam and I are in the process of growing our podcast following, I would say. Well, you were going to say in the process of growing up. Oh, so <laughs> that too. But both both yeah. of those things. Growing yes. our Instagram account. Um, yeah. And, you know, our, our Spotify listeners. Spotify um, listeners, yeah. So how did you grow a following on the internet with political content? Oh, good question. Um, so one thing that I did was have a pandemic happen, which yeah, okay. I don't recommend and would not want to happen again. But... The thing that I realized in in twenty twenty realized that really I had I had um, been posting political content probably like within the year prior, um, but very like off and on, and I was kind of just it it wasn't the focus of what I was doing. It was just like oh this is important to me, and I want to make sure people have this information for primaries and when the debates were on and like mm -hmm. random things like that. Um, and yes, people were engaged with it, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, you know, foundational to anyone's, like, mm -hmm. actual source of news or, or political content. And then the pandemic happened, and I realized how much people didn't want to turn on the news. People were really scared. They, they didn't want to have to find that information themselves. 
turning on the news or having the news on all day was becoming really problematic for some people. And so I started kind of posting more of it, just being like, you don't have to do that. I'll do it for you. Let me just go through it. I was a person who really wanted to consume that information. It made me feel better to understand what was going on in the world. And so um, I just started doing it more and more and people started reacting positively to it. And then I just became extremely consistent. So it became like every day I now have a routine, you know, for an hour early in the morning, I can knock everything out that I need to do. Mm-hmm. And people are just very, very used to it. Um, which is so gratifying because it keeps me accountable. It's obviously it's a little daunting and I don't recommend that anyone follow me and only listen to me for all of their news and political yeah. content. I would like them to use other sources as well. Yeah. But it is something that makes me very accountable to doing it and I think that sort of relationship where I know they want it and they know that I enjoy it and, and that we're kind of in this learning process together and this staying informed process together um, has made people stick around. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think the the other part of just building, of, yeah, of building a platform like this is that you have to really understand your audience, and like, I know, I know my audience cares about a lot. I know my audience is smart. I know they are really willing to show up, um, both in person and online. And I think that you have to give people that kind of credit too. Like, I really appreciate that people want to. They want to learn and they want to um, stay involved and engaged and not just that one election day of, you know, every four years, every two years, but they're actually much more committed to um, being active citizens and also teaching their own communities and broadening broadening that conversation even further than the internet, which is wonderful. Yeah, I think that was what you said at the start, that was a really good point. Like. You don't have to just turn on the news. The news can be around you at all times, especially mm-hmm. with social media. That's how I felt when I was, I don't know how old I was, 2020. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't turning on the news to watch things. It was just if I was on my phone on, on TikTok, every video I would see, I don't know if that's because I was click liking all those videos, but I noticed everything I would see would be like some 15-year-old arguing with some other 15-year-old about yeah. Trump versus Biden. And I think just yeah. having that, that, taking it with a grain of salt, obviously, but just having that in front of you is a good way to get the news. Yeah, and it gets... I think you have to learn how to like balance it like a good diet as mm-hmm. well. Like it's, it gets very combative and it gets very like, there's, it sometimes facts versus opinions are very blurred and all of that. And so I think there's it's also on a discerning consumer to make sure that you're, you're taking in social media content in a, in a productive way. But I think that both politicians and anyone else, but I've seen it with politicians, have really come to learn that that's how people are consuming information. Mm-hmm. Whereas it used to be very, very, like last on the list of things to commit to for campaigns or for um, politicians that are already in office and wanting to communicate with their constituents. It's now much more of a higher priority mm-hmm. to them to make sure that they have some sort of voice. And if they don't on social media, I, because there still are some, and I'm talking to you if you're listening, um, get an Instagram, <laughs> get some sort of social media presence, because at the end of the day, young people who, I mean, millennials and Gen Z are going to be the largest voting block in the next mm-hmm. election. Like, yeah. Yeah. you have to be able to reach those people, and this is the way people are consuming information yeah. now. Totally. Yeah, are, there any, are there any elected officials that aren't on Instagram? I mean, there must be some. There are definitely some. Mm-hmm. Even if they're on, they have, like, 230 followers and you're yeah. like what's happening yeah, what's the point as you get into office where are all these people yeah um but i do i think it's very i think it's important now i think people need to have 
need to have a presence and a personality and make people know where they stand on issues, and that information has to be easily accessible. Yeah, I completely agree. I also think, this is kind of a little bit off topic, but on that, when elected officials have social media, I think it's one of the most annoying things when they're up on a debate stage and they're someone's tweeting from their account at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. just is like really the least funny. authentic thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I get the point, but... Yeah. If you're trying to, con- you're on social media to connect with young people, and I'm sure everyone there is smart enough to realize, like, that yeah, seems a little phony. Yeah. They're not holding their phone on the debate. Yeah, like, yeah. are you going to gain any votes from tweeting during the debate? Like, I don't, I don't know what the point of that is. I, that always bothered me. There are actually some elected officials, and I haven't actually put this into practice at all because I haven't, I haven't convinced any of them to do this. But there are some elected officials where I actually think they would benefit from having, from having someone else be. The yeah. person running it, but yeah. not, but like owning it, being like, it's my kid, or like, it's my, like, being like, I don't know how to do this, like, very dad energy. Yeah. I think there are some people where it's like, fine, like, this is not your forte, that's okay, yeah. let's use that to your advantage, yeah. let's make this funny, let's like use it to, to add some sort of like, you know, you, get, you should vote for my dad, I think this is why he cares about young people. Yeah. I think it'd be entertaining, but people just have to commit to engaging and figuring out a way to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I found it funny when you would see like a TikTok and it's it's kind of like a meme TikTok mm-hmm. of like some like some someone's obviously running the Instagram page for that elected official and they're trying to do, keep up with like the current trends and memes. Mm-hmm. And I just find it funny like that and because it yeah. doesn't really work. I th- I think I mean, it's funny. It, does. Oh. it works for me. Yeah. Because I like get a nice chuckle out of it and I'm like oh. This person's a little self-aware, but okay. um, maybe in the long run it doesn't work. I don't know. What do you think? So I think sometimes it seems very forced when you're like, yeah. if you've got some, yeah. like I've seen the elected officials do that, like pointing video. Oh where, like, yeah, the that's the worst. Come up, where you're like, uh, I, <laughs> I know exactly think, what you're talking. About. I don't think this is where we should be going. I think it's different if they do like some funny audio that's trending and yeah. it works with the thing. I think it can totally work, but I think some of them really try to. Force it, where yeah. like this is not. Yeah. Like, Pointing videos. There's a fine line. <laughs> yeah. videos. I think Vivek does a lot of that, but oh, he on his TikTok, he's I mean, he's clearly the one running it because he's always recording the videos. But I think there's a point between doing it and you're getting you're getting engagement because you're getting trolled or I don't know if trolled, but like yeah. I don't know if you've seen the the comments under his TikTok, but like no one is engaging with his policies. It's all this guy is it's it's a joke. And so he's. It seems like he's he's trying to get do a get a presence on TikTok and on Instagram, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think he's getting support for the wrong reasons there. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Don't go look at his comment section. That's the. I don't even know that I've ever seen his TikTok. Yeah. I'm afraid that my phone is not going to know that we had this yeah. conversation. Yeah, that's. I had that content. Don't it's do so it. Scary. Like he has some. <laughs> he'll have some serious video about the like the border crisis, and he'll 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 get angry, and then there's no one engaging with him seriously, and it's like. He's a comedian at this point. Yeah, it's a joke. All right. All right. Is yeah. it lightning round time? It's lightning round time. That oh, concludes goodness. our serious questions. Okay. So Serious questions. Serious questions. First lightning round question, what is your favorite restaurant in Los Angeles? Ooh. Okay, my favorite restaurant in Los Angeles. I, ooh, I just was asked this question and I had three. Is that fair? Do I three is totally fine. Totally fine. Okay. Um, my favorite restaurants are Jelena, uh, Felix. And all time. I've never heard of either of them. I've never been to any of them. What, what where are they? Where are they? Where are they? And what do they serve? 
Jelena and Felix are both in Venice. Okay. And they're amazing. Felix is, is like Italian, incredible homemade pasta. Okay. Amazing. And she goes there. And then uh, Jelena is like just a amazing, like kind of farm to table menu. So okay. Delightful. Mm-hmm. And then All Time is in Silver Lake. Yeah. Oh, it's like okay. My friend lives out It's all the way over there. And it's kind of the same, like like the menu changes, but it's it's an incredible restaurant. Okay. Big, big cool. Yeah. I'm doing free. Like publicity for them now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I've got three new restaurants I can try out now. Far. I don't ever go to, I go to Venice sometimes, but I don't think I've ever even been to Silver Lake. I only go to Silver Lake. Life. Shout out Laszlo Suveg. It's my friend in Silver Lake. Maybe I'll take him to a there you go. restaurant go when we go out there. Yeah. All right. Um, also, you need to go to Silver Lake. It's cool over there. Is that past downtown? No, it's which way? Just east. It's east. in Silver Lake. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, favorite sports team. Okay, so this is or a new this is a new endeavor. Okay. Okay, a new endeavor. But I'm now committed to it. And because I'm gonna say it on this podcast, I'm really committing to it. But Breaking. I'm a new Angel City fan. Angel City fan, wow. Yeah, what's soccer what's team? Soccer. I th- I don't know. Soccer. He is a big oh. soccer fan. I'm a big soccer fan, but yeah. I've not gotten to Angel City yet. You gotta get into it. I just went to their last game of the season where they got into Whoa. the playoffs, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well, I'm sold. I'll be a fan <laughs> forever. It was the most exciting game. They scored five goals. That's was, crazy. It was amazing. So, awesome. shout out Angel City. Big shout out Angel now. City. Angel City FC. Yeah, yeah I'm really thanks to my friend Nora. She, she turned me on to it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. Last question. What is your favorite vacation spot in the world? In the world? In the world. What if I haven't been there yet? Um, As of right now. My favorite vacation spot. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. I feel like I've, I feel like my favorite vacation that I've been on, which was probably the most, like, one of the most wild vacations ever, was going all the way to Australia. Whoa. So I would say I have a, a cousin that lives in Byron Bay, and I I'd probably say that going to Byron Bay. Byron Bay, yeah. Australia. Okay. Yeah. Are there huge animals in Australia, like the huge spiders and stuff we, that I see? Oh gosh, the spiders! I'm Instagram. glad I didn't see them. I do. We did go on like a bit of an animal excursion okay. thing and like met some kangaroos and That's did cool. that whole journey. My favorite time of vacation. An animal. Like, what? Going to see animals. Oh. I went to Africa and did that. Like a safari? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's also... I did that. That's amazing. Highly recommend a safari. I've never done yeah. safari. Oh. It's, it's, it's on the bucket list, though. So That was... It was like my sister's bucket list <coughs> item, and my parents were like, okay, we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, that, that, was, yeah. that was the best. All right. That is That's... all of our questions. <coughs> wow. Can I ask you guys a question? Yes, you Of course did. you can ask us a question. Okay, if you could make anything happen tomorrow in politics, just immediate like legislation signed and something happens, would what would you do? I'll go first, Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, he raised his hand. He was yeah. I, I, note <laughs> note to the listeners, yeah. my finger was in the air. Yeah, yeah. So yeah Sam Greenberg did not interrupt. Absolutely right. All right, let's go. I would say I don't know specific legislation, but I'll just say more unity. I guess. More across the aisle connection because especially with the speakership right now, yeah, that's a joke. It's just a lot of division and it's more butting heads and more of like, oh, I want you to do worse than I'm doing, mm-hmm. rather than why don't we come together yeah. and make a better 
government or country. There's no more middle ground. A little less competition, a little more compromise. Exactly. That's why. There's too much agenda pushing. That's that's why I like Dean Phillips, yeah. Congressman Phillips. Who, I listened to the episode. I know. Yep, I like that guy. That's our that's man. Him. All right, so he might be Go running. Ahead. That's he. very exciting. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, I would say I don't know, like Jack, I don't know a specific piece of legislation, but something to help with the climate. I think mm. some major, some major executive order that cuts carbon emissions or something, some major thing that might. I, w- I would I would be okay if it hurts the economy in the short term because the way it's looking, there needs to be some something drastic, major done for our climate. I mean, it's supposed to be like eighty degrees this week, and it's yeah, it's October. Like, it's the late October. Yep. It's, yeah, it's spooky really season, yeah. and I'm yeah. wearing summer outfits. Yeah, this is not okay. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about the Halloween outfits where yeah. people are gonna oh be like God. in those huge I, costumes and sweating. yeah, I like uh, yeah. I, there's always the counterpoint: the economy is gonna get hurt. But it I mean, when is the economy? It, it will. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm not an economist. But sure, the stock market might go down for if if I don't know. What, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking. You're kind I'm of saying, yapping. I, I, I'm yapping, this, but... This is, this is no, classified as a Sam Greenberg yap. Long term. Long term. It's more important that we have a functioning planet exactly. than that our economy is hurting. In the next month or a year. Exactly. I think it's, America should take an economy hit in order for the long-term climate benefit. Some sort of legislation like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's um, a youthful take right there. That's Sam. a youthful take. That's that concludes youthful. our interview for Season 2, Episode 2. That, thank you. Yeah, thank Thanks you. For having me. All right, we'll see you at the game show. Goodbye. Hit it, Sam. All right, here we go. Game show time. Sam Greenberg's of 1 0. Um, let's go. Hit it. Jack, hit me. Oh, I hit you. Yeah, you hit me. Sam Greenberg, the U.S. bought Alaska from which country? Russia. Yep. Moving on. I feel like I asked that. I think you did ask that already, but we've had a lot of Russia questions. But guess what? I have a Russia question for you right now. Oy. Jack, uh, what decade did the Russian Revolution take place? Like what decade? Just give me a decade. Like the 1910s? There you go. Yeah. Um, Wasn't it 1919? It was like right around the end of World War World War One. so yeah. Oh, okay. Um, one, one. Mm-hmm. The 19th Amendment grants which population the right to vote? Women. Ding, ding, ding. Women. Turn me up, Greenberg. Women can vote. I like, I like that clapping, Greenberg. That was, that was pretty cool. All right, let's go. All right, hit me. Um, name one city in Pakistan. Oh, my God. A city, anyone. Any city. Uzbekistan, no. Um, That's a country. I know. He doesn't know. I don't know. Islamabad. 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 Awesome. You could have said Christ. The stripes Christ. on the flag represent what? Stripes on the flag? If you get this. Represent the original 13 colonies. And that's a clinch of the win. It's 2-0. Sam Greenberg dominates this game. Thank you. Thank you. That's episode two. Thank you for listening. Bye. Okay.